Y'all ready? Nah, no, 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 no. Are y'all ready? Amen. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. How many of y'all like the series we're in? Are we ready? You get it? Get the pun I did there? Are you ready? Are we ready? We speak about the end. How many of you guys were here last week with Dr. Brian Lidbeck? A few of y'all. How many of y'all walked away learning something? You walked away embracing something. I'll tell you what, I had to restructure my service, my sermon tonight, because I was going to give you 32 reasons why God was going to return in 2032. <laughs> I walked away last week like, yeah, you, we can't set dates. Amen? Um, Dr. Brian Lidbeck, he brought up a, he brought up a movie and I wanted to share with you how my mother, it's, it's series like this that we find ourselves in where we place a focus on the coming of Christ and end times. It's in moments like this where my mother came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. My mother was about 14 years old. I think it was like 1973. She had been in 16 different foster care homes. And... A lot of abuses took place in those, those places. My mother didn't grow up in the church. She didn't grow up hearing about Jesus. And by the orchestration of God, she landed in a Bible-believing, Jesus-following foster care home. And my mother with this family sat down and they watched A Thief in the Night. Yeah, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and... My mother didn't give her life to Christ after watching that. But she came home one day, as my mother would tell it, a couple weeks after watching that movie, and all the lights in the house were on. The TV was on. You know, the old school TV, the all wood box, speakers on the side. And the TV was on, and there was nobody around. She went through the house, and she was looking around. And she fell to the ground and she began to sob and weep because the family she was living with were Jesus followers. She thought that she got left behind. And so my mother was weeping without a pastor to lead her in prayer. She gave her life to Jesus on the floor in a pool of tears. And the family came home and they had ice cream cones. They were like, Marita, what's wrong? She was like, I thought I got left. And that's how my mother gave her life to Christ, watching A Thief in the Night. I'm here today because of a movie that my mother saw. And she thought she missed the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many guys understand that Jesus is coming? Could have got a lot of amen in that, y'all. Jesus is coming. Amen. I'm going to kick us off with 2 Peter 3, 9, a glimpse into the heart of God. Y'all ready? Get in your digital Bibles, look to the screen. Maybe you got your Bible on you, the rice paper, as my brother Gary would say. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. As a glimpse into the heart of God tonight. Let's pray real quick. Father God, I pray you have your way. Um, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Light us on fire, God. 
I pray, Father God, we leave changed. New perspectives even, God. Open your word to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The goal of tonight, I kind of want to share what I'm, where I'm going to go. Tonight's going to be a little bit heavy, but how many of you guys know, you guys heard Pastor Sam say it, we're thinkers, amen? We're thinkers. When we walk through those doors, or those doors, we didn't leave our brains at the door, amen? How many of you guys understand parents in the house, we have to talk to our children about sex, and that can get really weighty, but it has to happen, amen? Tonight, we're going to talk about some weighty stuff. We're going to talk about judgment. We're going to talk about judgment that was, and we're going to talk about the final judgment that's coming in hopes that it'll give us focused on mission. Now, y'all, hold on, let me time out real quick. Y'all, don't be afraid to amen me. I don't want to beg for amens. Amen, let me know you hear me. When you say amen, you're like, yo, I heard you. I got that. That sank in. And the Lord said, <laughs> brother said he was waving a hanky at me. And so, <laughs> listen, being aware of the final judgment, it gets us on mission, Amen. Being on mission is what hastens the coming of the Lord. Tonight, we're gonna, take, we're gonna take off in Genesis and we're gonna land in 2 Peter chapter three. I think it's important to not only uh, focus in on or be aware of the fact that final judgment is coming. It's what encourages us as believers. See, we don't need to fear final judgment, family, because we've placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. In fact, as believers... This is the only hell we'll ever see. But pastor, why do we got to talk about judgment? Some of y'all saying that, like, why do we got to talk about judgment, pastor? Because if God said he's coming, he's coming. If Jesus said, I'm returning, you bet your bottom dollar he's going to return. Amen. Moreover, there's millions Millions of people who do not know and are not walking in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been given the task to go and make disciples, to go build an army, to go build the body of Christ. Amen. In the beginning time, God told Noah that there was a judgment coming. And he tells him, what? Build an ark. Build an ark. There's judgment coming. In Genesis chapter 6, Five through eight, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. We had a glimpse at God's heart, amen, family? This heart that he's patient with us, not wishing that any would perish but all come to repentance. There's this tension in God's heart where he was grieved in his heart, but we serve a God where there's never an open, there's never a closed door to a repentant heart. Back to the text, verse seven. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and the birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 11, 13. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence 
And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then the crazy, the crazy call comes. And God tells Noah in verse 14a, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Has God ever called you to do something crazy, family? How many of y'all got a crazy story? God told me to do something crazy. Where you looked at God and you're like, but Lord, like, really? How many of y'all in the house have been asked to do something crazy? Listen, I got a whole bunch of crazy stories. I'm going to share one real quick. I remember, how many of you guys played basketball in the streets? Park basketball. King Park. Pioneer Park, whatever. Street basketball, right? Not in the gym. On concrete. I got knees to prove it. They hurt. When you're playing street ball, you don't go and interrupt the game. Do you understand that? You're liable to get beat. I don't mean beat one-on-one. I mean beat, beat. All right? Um, And I wasn't dressed. I had my fly kicks on. I had some fresh gear on that I did not want to get sweaty. So I, in no way, shape, or form, was trying to go on the basketball court. And I was walking by the basketball court, and the basketball court is filled with people. See, on the basketball court, in this context, I wish Pat, where's Pat's Ken at? I don't see him. But... On a basketball court in this context, you have people on the sideline. The court is filled. People are on the sideline, and people call next. Next means like, hey, who's playing next? And if someone says, hey, I got next, you say, hey, I got next after next. I'm going to play next. And I wasn't ready to play ball, and I wasn't going to play ball. And no, God did not tell me to go play ball. The Lord told me to walk in the center of the basketball court and share the gospel. I said, Lord, like, like, Lord, like, you know, I might get beat up if I go out there. Okay, Holy Spirit, yes, you have my yes. Because I, I said a daring prayer. We're going to make it tonight. I said, Lord, you have my yes before you ever ask me. How many of you guys have ever told Jesus, you have my yes before you even ask me? I did that. And then he said, go in the middle of the court, share the gospel. So I walked up to the middle of the court and I said, fellas, I need to talk to y'all. Can I get a moment? I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I was scared. I was shook. I said, fellas, can I have a moment? But guess what? They let me have a moment because I engaged in relationship on this court and they knew who I was. The white boy can play ball, let him have a word. And I shared the gospel that day in the center of the court. And I kid you not, just about everybody on that basketball court gave their life to Jesus Christ. Has God ever called you to do something crazy? How many of you guys understand if God calls you to do something crazy, he has intentionality behind it. There's purpose behind it. He's not just saying to do something to just test you or something. Amen, family. Imagine with me the construction of the ark that God calls Noah to build. Can you imagine how crazy he must have looked to the people around him? 
How many of you guys ever been to the Ark Encounter down in Kentucky? You, I bet you right now, you, as I'm talking, you're like, yo, I'm telling you, it's, it's for no games. God gave them extreme, I mean, practical details on how to build this ark, which would have been crazy. Mind you, if you read the word, how many guys are students of the word, you know that it didn't rain yet. Water came up from the ground. And God told them there's going to be a flood, build an ark. A what? And he gives them details, 450 feet long, 70 feet wide, 45 feet high. And he told him what a cubit was. We still don't know what a cubit is. We have an idea what it is, but God told him what it was. He gave him details, amen. And God was, and Noah was building this ark. Can you imagine the crazy looks he got? Can you imagine uh, the scoffers that would have been present while he was building this ark? Scholars believe after looking at Noah's age and his children having his sons and stuff that it took anywhere from 50 to 75 years to build the ark. 50 to 75 years to build an ark. So that means for 50 years, we'll just say 50 at the least, all right? 50 years, Noah was building an ark. The very fact that Noah was being obedient in a disobedient atmosphere was a testimony against the disobedience of man. Noah was preaching even if he didn't say a word. I hope y'all hearing me right now. I hope something's sinking in right now. The word of God says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. I don't know about you, but I ain't never in my life did something real silent. I don't know about you, but I feel like the prophet Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones, God's word is. Amen, y'all. So I have to believe if the word says that Noah walked with God, that as he was building this ark, as he was putting pitch on the ark, Tar, that he had to have been telling people who were mocking him, what are you building? What are you doing? You're crazy. Rain what? Flood who? Y'all hearing me, right? I have to believe if the word of God says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, that as Noah was building the ark, Noah was also saying, listen, a flood is coming. Prepare yourself. Repent. A flood is coming. Judgment is coming. I don't know about you, but I know the heart of my father. You can holler back at me and say, I know too, Pastor Jeremiah. I know the heart of my father. Do you know the heart of your father, family? There's never a closed door for those who will repent. There's never a closed door to those who will repent. Noah built the ark. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. For 50 years at least, people had a chance to repent when God said judgment was coming. Look at the narrative of Scripture. Look throughout Scripture. How many times, how many times do we find Nineveh? God was like, yo, Nineveh, you're done. God sends Jonah. Over 100,000 people come to repentance. Jesus on the cross, crook next to him. Judgment had been handed out. What happens? He repents. Jesus looks at him and says, you will be with me in paradise. There's always an open door for those who repent. So why Noah? Why Noah tonight? Why have I brought you through... Uh, a seemingly meaningless passage that happened thousands of years ago. I'm not just sharing with you some great Sunday school story, family. 
Amen? How many of y'all trust that we're going somewhere with this? Peter, remember I told you we're going to take off in Genesis. We're going to land in 2 Peter. Peter seemed to think that Noah and the flood narrative was important when he was referencing and talking about the final judgment and the time to come, the time that's ahead of us. Amen, family. He referenced Noah in chapter 2. He speaks of the flood in the passage I'm about to read. He doesn't only mention the flood. He refers to the final judgment while mentioning the flood, the, the previous earth, as he says. God told Noah that judgment was coming and Noah got to work. I'm here to tell you, final judgment is coming. It's time for us to get to work. I needed more amens than that. Straight face, no smiles. Y'all hearing me real right? God told Noah judgment was coming and Noah got to work. I'm here to tell you final judgment is coming. It's time for us to get to work. Amen, family. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through 13. Above all, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own desires, saying, where is his coming? Where's the coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. They deliberately overlook this. By the word of God, the heavens came into being long ago, and the earth was brought about from water and through water. Through these, the world of that time perished. Through what? The waters. The world of that time perished when it was flooded. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire. Remember, God gave a promise. I will never flood the earth again. And he puts the rainbow in the air. His bow. He puts his rainbow up as the promise. I will not flood the earth again. Now we find in the text, verse 7, by the same word, the present heavens and earth. How many of y'all know we live in the present heavens and earth? Being stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord does not delay his promise. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, it is clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness. As you wait for the day of the, of the Lord, the day of God, and it hasten its coming, because of that day the heavens will be dissolved in the, with fire and the elements will melt with heat. But based on his promise, we wait for new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells. Amen? That's a little bit weighty, ain't it, family? I love this word, gravitas. It's weighty. 
It's weighty, family. It's hard to hear sometimes. There's a few things I'd like to highlight in this passage. Listen, we could do a whole series just on this passage alone. Y'all understand that, right? The scoffers in this text that Peter's writing, these scoffers, there's a whole lot to be said about the scoffers, but the scoffers are those who neglect to remember the biblical history of creation and the flood, the fact that God had creative power and also judgment power. God had creative power and he had judgment power. This is his, amen. This is his, amen. It's important not to, not to forget and act as though these past events in Genesis make for some great Sunday school teaching. As though it's some kind of false narrative. There's teaching out there right now that says that Genesis is not even a real book. It's not to be considered. We'd be absolutely foolish to think so. Y'all hear me, right? It's important to not forget these acts, these things that have taken place. You know why it's, not, it's, it's important to not forget these things? The flood, the final judgment. Do you know why it's important not to forget them? But Pastor Jeremiah, it doesn't affect us. We're believers. We're safe. We placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're right. It doesn't affect you. The final judgment does not affect you. But it affects your neighbor. It affects your coworker. It affects some of your family members. I hope y'all hearing me right now. It affects those who do not know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's important to not forget. God called judgment then. God's calling final judgment now. And it's important to not neglect it. Why? Because if you neglect it, you'll find yourself sitting with your ticket punched and your thumbs twiddling. Not on mission. Hearts unbroken for the lost. How many of you guys want a broken heart for the lost? To peer into the very heart of God. To get on mission. To bring people to Christ and equip them to be like him. I hope y'all hearing me tonight. You heard Pastor Sam say this a lot, and I agree with it 100%. We're not running out of money. We're running out of time, family. We're not running out of money. We're running out of time, family. You want to know what the heart of this text is? Yeah, it's to get us focused. It's to let you know, yes, final judgment's coming. Fire's coming, y'all. Judgment's coming, y'all. Jesus is soon to return. Jesus is soon to return. But you want to know what the heart of this text is? It's a glimpse into the heart of God, verse 9. It's his cry to bring as many who will come into relationship with him. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are perfect in unity. Y'all hear me, right? They didn't need us. They were the perfect community. But they decided, wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if we created man and let them enjoy this? The Lord was always about relationship, family. 
the Lord desires relationship. He allows us to be in relationship with him. How many of you guys will say, Jesus loves me? Jesus loves me? Jesus loves your neighbor. Jesus loves your neighbor. Jesus loves your coworkers. Jesus loves the person that you can't stand. It might be an unbeliever. Jesus loves them just as much as he loves you. I like to joke around and say I'm his favorite. We're all his favorite, fam. Jesus loves the unbeliever. This text is a glimpse at the heart of God. His call, his desire to welcome all who will repent and to close, meaningful relationship. How many of you guys have found that close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? There's nothing like it, amen. There's nothing like it. Online, there's nothing like it. So what is our role, family? What is our role? We're aware that the day of the Lord is coming. Final judgment is coming. Jesus is, you understand, we read it in, in, in Acts 1, right? Jesus, Jesus ascends. And the apostles are watching. Jesus goes up into the clouds. And then angels are standing next to him. Like, what you looking at? What do the angels tell him? Get to work. Get to work. He's gone. He's coming back in the same way he left. Riding on the clouds. Amen. Jesus is going to return. You and I got to get to work. Because his coming is soon. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11 and 12b says, Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, it's clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness. Verse 12, as you wait for the day of God and hasten its coming. Pastor Sam was preaching this past Sunday. How many of you guys, you've been enjoying the narrow path, this series? Amen, amen, amen. What did he talk about this past Sunday? Holiness, right? Peter's like, yo, since you know the coming of the Lord is at hand and judgment's coming, what, what, what kind of behavior should we have? Should be in holy conduct and godliness. The narrow path, amen, family. The narrow path. I was talking to some fellas last night, first hope men, and Really, this idea, when you gave your life to Christ, you're no longer your own. He's your master. He gets to tell you what you watch and what you listen to and what you're doing and what you ain't doing. Y'all hearing me, right? That's the narrow path, though. I was telling the men, I was like, yo, I, like, I really like watching stand-up comedy. And I found myself at times trying to put it on. And I would go to put it on, and the Holy Spirit said, I don't want to watch that. I'm like, but Holy Spirit, like, this is going to be hilarious. I don't want to watch that. Amen. So I ain't watch it. Because he gets to dictate what I do and what I don't do. That's the narrow path, family. Verse 12 says, wait. That, that word wait carries the meaning of expectation. And being prepared for that day. But you couple that wait with that, that word hasten in verse 12, waiting no longer becomes passive. 
Waiting becomes active expectation. Active expectation. We don't get to lounge and wait for the trumpets to blow, family. I hope y'all hearing me right. We don't get to just sit back and wait for the trumpets to blow. Amen, family. Hastening the coming of God is, is not as though we're going to change the appointed time that God has set. As Matthew 24, 36 says, however, no one knows the day or hour when, the things will, when, this, when these things will happen, not even angels in heaven for, or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. But God, in his sovereignty, has welcomed us into accomplishing the task at hand to usher in the coming of the Lord, y'all. Somehow in his sovereignty, he's allowed us to partner with him at preaching the gospel, at sharing the Lord Jesus Christ with the lost, amen, family, which will usher in the coming of the Lord. So we're, we're aware of the coming of the Lord, amen, family, judgment that's coming. We're aware of God's heart, his, his cry that none should perish. And we also know that we've been called to participate with him in this mission. God did not just call us into relationship that we can go skipping around. God called us into relationship that we would partner with him at preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Amen, family. I just wanted to skip. So what are the practical things that we can do to hasten the coming of the Lord, family? Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Jesus said it in Matthew 24, 14. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. And then the end will come. I get it. Not everyone's wired to go study, prepare a message, write it down, publicly speak, hold a microphone, stand on a platform, get hype. I understand not everybody's wired for that. But we're all called to preach the gospel. We're all called to preach the gospel. We're all called to share the gospel. We're all called to share our testimony. Why? Because they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. All of you, all of you, all of you, all of you have a testimony. But pastor, I'm still struggling. All of you have a testimony. You have an area in your life where you have overcome. Amen. Amen. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times. Use words when necessary. You know that, that, that holiness and that godly living? Did you know you're preaching the gospel? As I said, Noah for the simple fact of his obedience of building the ark, whether he said a word or not, was preaching. Did you know that? With his act of obedience, it was a testimony against the wickedness of man. First Hope Man, last night, we were talking about Sarah, Pastor Sam, Pastor Brenda. I got a whole bunch of gnarly men around me. Tears in their eye talking about how Sarah affected their life. Why? Because she shared a testimony, an example of following after the Lord Jesus Christ to stand up here week after week and worship the Lord as if nothing was happening. 
Y'all hearing me? Your lifestyle alone is an example to a lost and dying world. You heard pastor say it on Sunday. When you go through these things, people can look at you and say, how? How? How many of you guys have ever had someone come up to you and say, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? People are watching, family. People are watching, family. Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. Y'all hearing me? So what's the secret of sharing Christ? It's relationships. It's relationships, family. It's investing in relationships. Are you willing to invest in a relationship? We're all called to make disciples. To disciple means you're gonna teach disciplines to those you're discipling. But I don't know about you, but no one's gonna let you teach them about disciplines unless you're walking in relationship with them. Amen. Y'all hearing me, right? But however, to walk in relationship, we have to first notice them, amen. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we simply see people as someone who needs to be saved. Y'all hearing me? A notch on the belt. Let me tell you how many people I led to the Lord this past year. <sighs> or worse yet, we don't even see them. We see them by their sin. That's the same as seeing them like a prisoner, as only a number, not a name. Don't you love that God don't know you by your sin, he knows you by your name. Amen. Amen. Are you willing to walk in relationship, family? Are you willing to walk in relationship, family? Are you willing to invest in relationship? How many of y'all remember February 7th, 2021? Pastor Sam, Pastor Brenda, you remember that day? That was your 15-year anniversary. We had a very unique special service up here. We had four different preachers come up here and preach. Y'all remember that? <laughs> Listen, we're celebrating Pastor Sam, Pastor Brenda. I was behind that curtain right there. Pastor Kerry was out here preaching. Pastor Kerry was, we were going through the core values, the acronym GROW, G-R-O-W, growing in Christ, relating to others, outreach to our world, worshiping God. Pastor Kerry was up here. He was, he was charged with the task to go over the R, relating to others, and give the altar call and give the altar call. Remember when we was having the meeting, he was like, man, I gotta do both. He had preached a sort message and then was in the middle of giving an altar call. I was behind that black curtain over there. I was preparing to come out here. I was over there. He's giving the altar call here. And a guy named David called my phone while I was back there. David is a man that I met I'm purposely giving you guys dates. October 30th, 2015. It's 21 now. October 30th, 2015. We moved into a house in the neighborhood. Down the hill, up the hill, still in the neighborhood. And this guy came over to our house like, oh, let me cut you your lawn. Older guy. I was like, nah, I cut my own lawn. And the Lord began to put David on my heart to invest in a relationship because he needed to know Jesus. And David was one of those guys that knew how to talk and talk and talk. And just when you thought you were about to get out of the conversation, he would spark it up again. 
I'm talking about one of them guys where you had to come up with an excuse like, yo, I think my wife just called my name. I got to go inside. I'm talking about one of them guys that would talk. I was looking around for my wife to come like pull me out the conversation. But God said, invest in the relationship because David needs to know my son, Jesus Christ. And I stood behind that curtain preparing to come out here because that's, that Sunday morning, I was going to memorize my sermon. I was going to come out here with no notes. But God was more concerned with David knowing his son, Jesus Christ, than how cool I could look without notes. And my phone rang. And I said, nah, I can't answer that. I got to focus. I got to represent my pastors good and, and show them honor. And the Holy Spirit said, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. So I stood behind that curtain and I picked up the phone. David was in the hospital and David said, you've been talking to me about Jesus since you've known me. I want to know him now. Yeah. Pastor Kerry did the altar call. We went into worship. I led David to the Lord behind that curtain. And then I got to come out here. So I was all kind of juiced up. <laughs> Y'all hearing me, right? Are you willing to invest in a relationship, family? Are you willing to get on mission? There's a final judgment coming. Your Lord's about to return. Are you ready to get on mission, family? Are you ready to get on mission, family? Maybe you're not wired to invest in a relationship. You are, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Guys, family, we've removed the hindrances of doing this. We, we've put gold in your lap. City serve. Why not be a hero, y'all? You hear us talk about it all the time, but like we really believe it. If the word tells us that a gift makes way for the giver, do you know how easy it is to give a gift and then engage in a conversation afterward? Pastor used to say conversations lead to conversions. You guys ever give a gift and see how it just opens the door for you? We have city, sir. Be a hero, y'all. Be a hero for that neighbor that doesn't know Jesus. Yes, they're going to look at you like, what are you doing? What do I owe you? What's the string attached? But if you know anything about us here, we do things without strings attached. Y'all hearing me, right? We see needs and we fill them. That's our culture here, y'all. We're all about being a blessing because we know we're blessed. Amen. Are you willing to allow God to ask you to do something crazy? I don't know, Pastor. I don't want to do that. Are you willing to give God your yes before he ever asks you to do something crazy, family? Does he have your yes? Or is it a task? Does God really have to beg us to do something crazy, family? Does he? I hope not. God has done so much for you, family. He's done so much for me. I promise you, because you guys just said he's got your yes. 
He's going to call you on it. I promise she's going to call you on it. Man, hey, baby, my wife right here should tell you. At 18, I got an early release to go to Teen Challenge. When I went to Teen Challenge, I heard about this guy named Smith Wigglesworth. I said, Lord, I won't be like that, man. I said, Lord, will you use me as a revivalist? Lord, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll say whatever you tell me to say. And he called me on it. And he keeps calling me on it. And he keeps calling me on it. Are you, are you ready to give God your yes before you even ask, family? Yeah, you could be louder than that. Come on, give him some glory, y'all. Matthew 24, 14. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world. So all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Sometimes sharing the gospel carries the weight of, I'm not good enough to share the gospel. Let's be honest, how many of you guys have felt that? Like, I'm going through my own junk. I'm going through my own junk. I'm struggling myself to live this out. I know I'm talking to somebody. I know I'm talking to somebody. That simply means it's time to join a small group, y'all. You can't do this alone, y'all. You know God never meant for you to do this alone? God meant for you to do this in community with one another, the body of Christ. How many of y'all believe that to be true? How many of you guys have found a small group? You're like, yo, it's been life. How many of you guys have beat your head against the wall trying to overcome and you ain't had a partner to overcome with? You ain't had a team to overcome with? How many of you guys have had that? I love sports references. Everybody plays a position. Could you imagine me going to play basketball all by myself against five other people? I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. Y'all hearing me, right? Pull out your phones real quick. Pull out your phones, pull out your phones, pull out your phones. This is the one time in church, like, you really pull out your phones? How many of y'all know? We, how many of you guys been taking, you take notes on Sunday, and you're like, man, I hope people don't think I'm texting. But you're really, you're taking notes, though. Pastor, you walk by me over here, I'm like, man, I hope pastor don't think I'm, like, texting somebody. <laughs> you got the app? Go to the app. Go to Grand Rapids first app. Put your hand up in the air with your phone. Wave it at me. Wave it at me. Leo Paz, I got it. I got it. Right there on the front page, there's Wednesday small groups. Y'all see it? Click on it. If you don't have a small group, get in. Get in, family. You have a testimony to share. It's time to share your testimony. It's time to get healthy. Amen, family. It's time to stay healthy. Amen, family. Don't know everybody. Don't know everybody. Amen me all at once, y'all. Y'all hear me, right? We got a small group for you to get plugged into if you ain't got one. If you would, would, family, if you're here and you're a part of a small group and you're like, man, it's been health for me, would you put your hand way up for your family who are here that don't have one? Look around you, family. If you don't have a small group, look around you. Amen, family. There's health to be found in community. Amen, y'all. Listen, as we close, we got to talking about judgment, the coming of the Lord. 
And maybe you're here and maybe you, you wanna know like, hey, I wanna know that I'm all right with the Lord, that I'm good, that I'm in good standing, that when he returns, I won't be left. I'll be caught up with him. Maybe you're here and, and, and maybe you walked away from the Lord and you're like, I just wanna be right with God. Family, I'm not gonna ask you to bow your heads. This is an open moment. Look around you, look around you. This is a safe environment. This is a safe environment. This is a safe environment. If you're here tonight and you're like, Pastor, I wanna know that I know that I'm right with Jesus. I wanna know that I know I wanna give my life to Jesus or recommit my life to Jesus. Would you put your hand way up if that's you? Would you put your hand way up if that's you? Put your hand way up, amen, 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 amen. Would you give it up for our brothers and sisters who just made a bold stand, a bold stand, amen. Online, put emoji up. Listen, you just rose your hand. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Listen, like I told you, my mother didn't have a preacher. She was just crying out for the Lord. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer because you might not know what to say. So if you would, family, will you pray with me? With our brothers and sisters who are saying that I just wanna be right with God. If you would, just pray with me, all right? Father, I accept your forgiveness. I accept your sacrifice, Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you're the only son of God, that you died for me and you resurrected. Forgive me, Lord. Father, I surrender my life to you. I am yours and you are mine. Thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you made that prayer, would you text FORGIVEN to 616-531-2100? Why? Because we want to get to know you. We want to get you plugged in. We want to get you plugged in to walking in community with one another. Would y'all stand with me real quick? This next response is really for all of us. I want to ask you a question. How many of you guys know it's real easy to get your emotions stirred up and you got a response and you're like, man, I won't be on mission. I'm ready, Lord. How many of y'all know it's real easy to do that? But how many of y'all know the rubber hits the road when you leave there and you leave out them doors? So if you're here tonight and you're saying, I want God to have my yes before he ever asks. I want to say yes. I want to be on mission. I want to commit myself to mission. Would you throw your hands way up? Because I want to pray over you. Amen, amen, amen. I want to pray over you that God would solidify work in you, that God would give you his grace, that you would carry the mission out these doors, and that you would take the mission of bringing people to Christ and equipping them to be like him to your home, to your workplace, to your neighborhood, to your neighbors, wherever he might call you, and that you would step out and do whatever he calls you to do, whether it be crazy or not. Amen, family. 
Father God, I pray over your people, Lord God. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. You see their hands. You see their, yes, I pray you give them the grace, Lord God, to walk in total obedience as Noah did when you asked him to do something crazy, God. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my brothers and sisters. And Lord, here we are. We're ready to get on mission in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.